Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. The most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Jim Ross Report. (laughs) With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Slobberknocker Audio. I am good old JR, Jim Ross. Appreciate you joining us. However you're hearing this program, we thank you. A new show drops every Wednesday, as you know. And you can uh, hear us and download it for free. Price is right now at uh, Westwood One, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Tune in, Stitcher, or wherever the hell you get your audio. There's only one great place to get Slobberknocker Audio, and that's right here, in my opinion. And yes, I'm biased and egocentric. Uh, we also appreciate you leaving us a five-star rating in this process. Uh, I mention all the time, we're on social media all over it, uh, on Twitter, at JRSBBQ. Hope you'll follow us. Uh, I think you'll find it to be entertaining more often than not. Uh, and under the direction of uh, Sean Creedle uh, of M uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling fame, a protege of my friend Dan McDivitt, uh, Sean Creedle runs our Facebook and our Instagram account at Jim Ross BBQ. So there's that. I'll be uh, hitting the mailbag here a little bit later. So if you sent some uh, sent some emails to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com, you might get your uh, your submission read here today. So stay tuned for that. And I'm excited about uh, my conversation today with my old longtime friend, former broadcast partner, uh, arguably. Uh, top two or three greatest managers of all time now broadcasting with MLW James E. Cornett will join us today to talk about his new gig and uh, a few other things that are on his mind regarding the wrestling business but right now kids here's what's on my mind well there's a lot of things on my mind including a lot of activity this past weekend from WWE they had their fast lane pay-per-view event in Cleveland uh and I thought the show was uh, above average. Uh, there are some things on the show I really liked. There are some things on the show that came off to me, uh, simply in my opinion, as filler. Uh, but uh, the show had some great moments, quite frankly. Uh, really emotional to see the Shield back together. And the sixth man, I erroneously thought that uh, Becky and Charlotte should close the show. But upon further review as a uh, former NFL referee, Jim Tunney might say, uh, I, uh, I believe that, uh, under the circumstances, a guy, uh, beating, uh, cancer, speaking of Roman Reigns, the fact that, that Dean Ambrose is leaving. So the opportunities for this three man unit to get back together 
are not very good, at least until they reunite somewhere at some time. And if you think that's not ever going to happen, I got some swampland in southern Louisiana that you might love as a as a home site. Uh, so I enjoyed the show by and large. Uh, it was a it was a, it moved along faster than some of them, but I think that could be a negative too. I thought the the pace of the matches were a little frenetic, and I've said this before: you, the talents have to allow their audience to process what their audience is seeing. So one thing there is pretty mechanical. You do great things, somebody's got to sell those great things. While they're selling, the audience is processing. If you go from spot, 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 and what do you got? Spots. Uh, so anyway, a, a solid show. I thought Samoa Joe had a good night defending his uh, United States title. Really good uh, fatal four-way matchup. Solid. Had a, had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Had some common denominators. They told a story, in other words. Uh, I thought the inclusion of uh, Beth Phoenix and Natty uh, with uh, Nia Jack and Tamina was a good addition to uh, what they saw, the fans saw with the champs, Bailey and Sasha. Uh, look, the only way any champion is going to get over in any promotion is to get on a roll. It can't be a... Somebody's trying to sell the bill of goods. That, well, you got your win back, like this week. Well, Ray Mysterio did uh, the honors on Sunday. So on Tuesday, I read where Ray got his win back. Who cares about the win back? Are you kidding? It's all about performance and not about win. You're not going to see in the USA Today the one loss record of pro wrestling. Nobody cares in that respect. So the performance is everything. Who wins or who loses is another thing. It's not everything. Uh, I enjoy the Daniel Bryant title defense. Uh, even though the crowd was ch- chanting for Kofi Kingston the whole match, seemingly. Uh, wasn't crazy about the uh, finish. Uh, Rousey hitting the ring and uh, getting uh, Charlotte disqualified. Therefore, Becky wins by disqualification. Therefore, it ensures Becky uh, her spot in the uh, triple threat match now at WrestleMania with Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. Wasn't crazy about the how it was laid out. I got no issues with the execution. Just thought it might be run the wrong play, if for lack of a better analogy. Uh, and again, uh, the emotional uh, reunion of the Shield. Uh, I'm so glad that they uh, were able to have their moment, and uh, all three good guys, and maybe their best days. Look, no, no, maybe. If Reigns and Rollins' best days are not ahead of them, then something's really, really wrong here. Same goes for Dean Ambrose. So wherever Ambrose may land in his next gig, he will be a major player because he's ready to be a featured guy, not another top guy. That's oxymoronic to me. Monday Night Raw, not a bad show at all, I didn't think. Uh... You know, a lot of big news. You know, the, the Shield farewell address, uh, Shelton Benjamin surprise with uh, uh, getting on uh, Seth Rollins. Of course, Shelton was the former assistant coach at the University of Minnesota. I think he was a student assistant, graduate assistant, whatever, uh, when Brock Lesnar was there. He was Brock Lesnar's workout partner in college. When Jerry Briscoe was recruiting Lesnar for two years, uh, we were also recruiting Shelton Benjamin. 
uh, I mentioned this on the air that, you know, that we had that one class, uh, that went to OVW in Louisville. Well, under the tutelage of Danny Davis and Jim Cornette, Tom Pritchard, and a lot of other people were in and out there. Great job. But, you know, we had that one class that had Lesnar, Cena, Batista, Orton, and Shelton. And I made the comment that as far as pure athleticism, Shelton was the best athlete of that group. He could run faster for his size. He could lift more. Uh, he had great agility, quickness, he had everything. But I think the system kind of broke down, uh, didn't do well serving Shelton because in today's world, I think he would get more tutoring on his promos. Shelton's a great guy, amazing, amazing athlete. But I thought he had a good night on Monday, and I was glad to see him uh, get a shot, you know, get some, get a cup of coffee in the spotlight at least. Remember when uh, Shelton and uh, Lesnar were called the Minnesota Stretching Crew? Uh, pretty good group, pretty good group. All of these guys that we, I just mentioned a moment ago were world champs, except Shelton. Don't get it. Obviously, somebody believes he doesn't have the charisma or the personality to carry the championship. I disagree. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Finn Balor. Again, there was some outside interference. It's amazing to me that we are overthinking wrestling where everybody that loses has got to have a very visible out from somebody else. Isn't it enough to miss a move, to get out-wrestled, uh, to get out-maneuvered, out-strategized, something? Uh, I would not have done anything to uh, take the focus off Bobby Lashley if he's going to be your champion. So when you're booking that match, that's the number one thing you want to do. How do we get Lashley over uh, as a new champ? Well, you don't do it by Leo Rush being the reason that Lashley wins, in my opinion. Uh Ronda Rousey had a pretty strong night on Monday. I think people, people, here's what I don't get. I really don't. People bitch and moan about Rousey and, and Becky's, uh, and Charlotte to some degrees, uh, social media verbal assaults on each other. And then they blame the talents for what they say. Not knowing that, or not wanting to know, not realizing, not wanting to realize it's a performance. So if you're mad at if you're mad at Rousey's verbiage or her actions as a fan, and you're not mad at WWE in general for the same offenses, then you're missing the mark. Rowdy Ronda Rousey gets her marching orders just like everybody else, and she's executing that plan to be a villain as well as anybody could. And there's just absolutely no way in hell. There's no way in hell, ladies and gentlemen that the three women that are being talked about being in the show closure at WrestleMania uh, is uh, uh, going to be these women. It would not happen if Ronda Rousey wasn't in the picture. That's not a knock on Charlotte or Becky. Rousey brings the global star power, the crossover media star, movies, USC, the whole nine yards. Uh, Rousey brings that, and nobody else can replicate that. So and I don't mind getting the tweets at JR at JRSBBQ. You can chew my ass out if you want about I, my opinion. But, you know, you need to stay in your lane, bro. Uh, I just believe that she's uh, the reason that we're talking about the fact that for the first time in history that women may close the show at WrestleMania. 
Uh, Alexa Bliss is going to be the host of WrestleMania. I don't know what that means, but I like it, I think, because it gets Alexa Bliss on camera more. Just saying. Uh, glad to see Beth Phoenix back in the in the game to some degree. Where that's going to go, I don't know, but she's a joy to be around. She's a joy to watch. She's a she's very special and uh, was a great uh, locker room person, leader when I was there. Thought the world of her. Still do. She and her husband, Adam. Hedge, as Pat Patterson would say, hedge. Uh, I thought the uh, Triple H-Batista confrontation was well done. We know now they're going to wrestle at uh, WrestleMania in a no-holds-barred uh, scenario. In other words, anything goes. So somebody can get beat by getting ahead of the, the steps or something. A wrestling hold, I guess, just ain't good enough anymore. Uh, Kurt Angle announced he's going to retire at WrestleMania. Now that the big social media whirling dervish is, who's that going to be against? You know, there's a lot of guys that are big-time stars that don't have matches. I don't know who Samoa Joe's going to wrestle. I don't know who Roman Reigns is going to wrestle. I don't know who John Cena's going to wrestle. I just believe that in my heart that Kurt Angle needs to go out as a hero, as a superstar, as a Hall of Famer, as an Olympic gold medalist. And should not be taken for granted. You hear me? Kurt Angle's legacy should not be taken for granted, and he should have his moment at WrestleMania, which doesn't necessarily mean he wins. It means he should have his moment with the right opponent that Kurt Angle can go out and have as good a match as he possibly can at this stage of his career. He deserves it. Uh, I like the what they're doing with uh, Drew McIntyre. She'll think he's a big-time player. Uh, I was shocked that, in a, in a certain sense, that McIntyre was not figured higher in the card at uh, WrestleMania. He'll be there. He's the future in a lot of ways, in my opinion. He's everything Vince likes. He's big. He's a good-looking guy. He's well-muscular, well-muscled, uh, great shape, works firm, stiff, solid, and he's, uh, he, he's different. So I'm a big fan of Drew McIntyre. I think he's a, one of the key cogs to the future of wwe without a doubt moving on to smackdown here real quickly shane mcmahon's now a villain don't know why uh just don't know why we'll find out hopefully uh but his story with mike uh with miz mike the miz is continuing which makes sense that makes sense why shane is not uh buddies with uh miz i didn't get the answer on uh on tuesday night that i was hoping to get a lot of vagueness vagueness so as i wrote my headline last night shane is now a villain not sure why uh the eight-man tag was full of star power it reminded me of a card that where you want to get a lot of guys on a card get a lot of guys exposure so we'll put them in a battle royal or we'll put them in an eight-man tag and uh i didn't know what that i don't know who got over i don't know what i don't know what somebody's got to sacrifice you can't take care of everybody in an eight-man tag why would you want to advance the story? And I don't know how any of that advanced to a significant degree on Tuesday night. A lot of good talent in the ring, and they worked hard. They really did. thought the uh, Randy Orton, uh, AJ Styles promo was gold. It was real. It was attitude error-oriented. Uh, Loved it. Loved it. Uh, Kofi Mania, of course, that's the, that was the big underlying story in SmackDown and in WWE in general right now is that you know, he's the perfect underdog. The scenario for the underdog to overcome amazing obstacles to finally 
finally, 11 years later, achieve is right before us. And that's what you got next week. You got one guy and Kofi in a gauntlet match against a, a ton of other top talents. And uh, Kofi has to win every single one of those matches, those, those intervals, to get to the promised land. The ultimate underdog challenge, perfectly laid out. Uh, love uh, Ronda. I love Ronda Rousey as a villain. I think she's more comfortable there. I think she, she likes it. She's attitudinal. I like that part. You know why I like it? Because it feels real. She makes me think that she hates wrestling. She makes me think that she does not like the shenanigans going on in the WWE. Now, I could be wrong. That's how I think with that heel persona. So it's working for me. And again, you can kiss it, kiss it goodbye if you thought there was any chance that uh, a, a match involved, a female match involved, not involving Ronda Rousey would ever get a, a more than a, a, another main event status at WrestleMania. This could be the show closure. Uh, I think that I've noticed this Monday and Tuesday on WWE. Maybe other promotions will follow. Their promos don't seem as scripted or as, uh, you know, uh, contrived. We have to remember these guys are athletes. And, yes, they're performers. But nobody ever said that they're trained thespians. Nobody ever said they have the skill set and the background to memorize you, Mr. Ryder's content and then go out and deliver it like it was your own. If at any point during this process it's not, it becomes not your own, then you're screwing yourself, and you're screwing the fans, worst of all. So I think they've done a nice job as WWE in making the promos feel more organic. Hey, the promo that Triple H and uh, Batista did, was it a little rough around the edges at times? Damn right, but it was great. It's another goal segment. So it's the best overall talking show uh, verbally oriented show on SmackDown in, in a long time. So, uh, good job by the folks that are in charge of that kind of thing. And, and they did a good job. So a busy week in that regard. Uh, also on my mind, I saw Raphael Morphy, my producer, who, by the way, if you want me to come to one of your comic cons or, uh, other personal appearance like events, uh, Raphael could help you out there. Uh, follow Raphael's on Twitter. You can find it real easy. I'll give that address to you before we go off the air. So if you're running a Comic Con or, or, or a WrestleCon type event and you'd like for me to be at your show or be a part of your show, uh, Raphael's your point man, and we'd love to entertain that opportunity. I'm going to be doing a lot more of these, including in uh, outside, right outside Pittsburgh, Monroeville, uh, the weekend after WrestleMania. I'm very, very proud and somewhat surprised, I will say, that Harlem Heat is joining DX, Honky Tonk Man, and Tori Wilson, who will be our guest here next week, by the way, uh, on going into the Hall of Fame. I, I'm surprised because it just didn't pop in my head like that's an automatic. But when the, the announcement was made that uh, Booker T and his brother Stevie Ray are uh, going into the Hall of Fame, I was very, very pleased, very ecstatic, happy. They deserve it. And people got to understand, man, and I see we see it all the time here, in racial issues, the police departments, and this, that, and the other. It's hard to understand what uh, two black men went through in a white man's business to climb to the top of the ladder because uh, it really it really touched home for me when uh, the Harlem Heat team became baby faces because it was a it was a big undertaking for back in the day for a black man to be a baby face. You know, I know Junkyard Dog, Bobo Brazil, I get it. So that's two of what thousands. It, it's just 
black people have not been treated right in all walks of life, and that includes wrestling. Sorry to say, but I'm, I'm an honest bastard. I can't handle the honesty. Don't listen. Uh, Jerry Lawler and I will be joining each other. Uh, you know, with me leaving WWE and Jerry staying in WWE, uh, and uh, whatever role he's going to have, limited role, I would suggest. Uh, and I'm not endorsing that theory, but that seems like that's where they're going. Jerry's not going to be hosting the Hall of Fame, so he's going to be doing uh, our show on Saturday at noon at the Gotham Comedy Club. GothamComedy.com uh, has your tickets. Uh, at the uh, It should be a lot of fun. I don't know how many more times Jerry and I are going to be able to get on the stage. We're going to do it for sure one more time in May for Conrad Thompson at uh, StarCast 2 in Vegas. But to be on the adjacent to the WrestleMania event that he and I, Jerry and I both love to be a part of, uh, is special again, because we're going our different ways. You know, the last Friday this month in March, I'm done and, uh, and Jerry's staying. So, you know, we, I love him. He's like a brother to me. And I, that's one of my big things I worry about is how many more times do I get to work with the King in some capacity. So we're going to damn sure do it in uh, New York city. Gotham Comedy Club, this Saturday of WrestleMania weekend. And uh, VIP starts at 10.30, doors open at 10 in the morning, and our show is at noon. You'll be out there a little after one. So uh, hope you'll join us if you can to see me and the King do our thing. Maybe one last time, at least in New York, for sure. Uh, I, nice uh, information. Unfortunately, unless you live in Tampa and you're a wrestler. WrestleMania 36, April 5th, 2020. At Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, the home of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, big conference, uh, press conference here last week to announce WrestleMania. I got so many friends uh, in the wrestling business that live in Tampa. They're already saying on the social media, no comps. Good luck on that one, boy. I can only, hey, I get deluged with ticket requests when WWE comes to uh, Oklahoma City. I can only imagine how it is to, to live in the host city of WrestleMania tough one uh i mentioned earlier randy orton had a great night with aj styles it was terrific terrific great promo ba- uh, based in truth and embellished truth but essentially based in truth i love that when a heel can come out and tell you the truth all it's going to do is piss you off because you know he's not lying and you don't like what he's saying so uh also want to congratulate randy i'm getting a co-starring nod on seth green's directorial motion picture debut called change land it's gonna be released in june proud of old randy he came in with the most ballyhooed classes we ever recruited and he didn't disappoint anybody in my opinion he's always been top of the line could be challenging he's got a he's got a mind of his own that's what alpha males do folks he's not attitudinal in the sense that he has a mind of his own we read about every day in the nfl Odell Beckham, big mouth, big talent, new Cleveland Brown. He's in the paper every day. So congratulations, Randy, on uh, the accomplishment of the movie. Uh, Cody Rhodes, representing AEW, will be making an appearance at AAA's uh, King of Kings show this Saturday. Uh, that'll be March 16th in uh, in Mexico. It's one of AAA's uh, big events of the year. And uh, from what I read, I don't really know this, AEW and AAA 
uh, have announced a partnership as of last week. So I don't know what that entails, believe it or not. If I knew, I'd tell you. I don't know. But it's got to be good. Two, two organizations that could use each other's help in building their brands. So why not? Ring of Honor's got a big week in Las Vegas, 17th annual, uh, 17th anniversary show. That's on Friday night, Sandstown Casino. You can get all the information you want uh, at rohwrestling.com. They're also going to have a TV taping at Sandstown uh, on Saturday. Part the uh, pay-per-view is this Friday night. I will probably be watching on the Fight app. Uh, Impact Wrestling just announced that they will take two shows at the 2300 Arena, which is the old ECW Arena, on Friday, May 3rd, and Saturday, May 4th. Uh, tickets are on sale next week, Thursday, March 21st at 10 a.m., and... Uh, a great atmosphere, as I'm going to tell you guys, you know. Don't forget that Slobberknocker, my life in wrestling, that I wrote with Paul O'Brien uh, and uh, Scott Williams, the late Scott Williams, uh, is still available at Amazon.com, selling, selling well. Very proud of its results. Uh, we're close to 50,000 books sold uh, on that run, so we're very, very pleased with the success of uh, Slobberknocker and are working actively on uh, the next one and chronologically taking it through the, the timeline. We've already, I've written about rock and Hogan. I've written about, uh, Jeff Jarrett in China, uh, in Cleveland on the holdup, uh, miscommunication. Um, and so we're coming along with it real well. It's got some good stuff in it and we're just getting there. It's some juicy stuff. Uh, I mentioned about the more comic cons. Raphael Morphy's Twitter is at R morph at R-M-O-R-F-N-Y-C. So uh, follow Raphael on Twitter. And if you want to press come to your show, we would love to entertain that idea. So get a hold of Raphael or me on Twitter. Appreciate it. Uh, www.shop.com, still stocking JR's products. Another shipment just went out. I'm happy to say that. And uh, we're, our business is building with our friends at Ingalls Markets and in, in, uh, based in Asheville, North Carolina, and throughout the southeast. Certainly, uh, I like those pictures of our products on their shelves, so you can uh, you can email them to me. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Jerry Lawler and I will be joining each other at the Gotham Comedy Club on Saturday, April 6th. It's a midday event, folks, as I mentioned. And the King and I together at the GothamComedyClub.com is where you get your tickets. Uh, the, the time has been changed, so the VIP, the VIP session starts at 1030 in the morning. Then a show starts at noon. Uh, and it gives all the fans a chance, too, to See other great events like uh, the Bruce and Conrad show at the Gramercy or Sirius XM's uh, 10th anniversary show in New York City, which is only a few blocks from us. Uh, I'm going to try to make one or both those shows, at least a drive-by, as they say. So it should be a lot of fun. I hope you'll see you there on Saturday with the King and I. I'll have merchandise and everything. We'll have our, all of our food products, jerky, books uh, at all of our appearances in New York City. You also know I'll be uh, at uh, Sunday morning. I'll be at the Midlands Plaza Hotel uh, with all the good folks from Two Man Power Trip. That's how you can find them on Twitter. A lot of great talent there. A lot of guys with wrestling and football backgrounds. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, check them out at uh, BP Tickets on Twitter. BP Tickets on Twitter. And then we got the big show on Monday night. Starting to sell now. Pretty good. Bruce Pritchard, Conrad Thompson, and yours truly. And who knows who else is going to show up. It's a big venue. Uh, it's uh, 700 seats. 
Murmur Theater, M-U-R-M-R-R Theater. It's in Brooklyn. About a, It's less than a mile from the Barclays Center. Tickets are on sale now at BrucePritchard.com. How the hell does BrucePritchard.com get into my show all this? Jesus Christ. I'm half as act as it is. If he lost that J.R. Face thing, he'd be screwed. And I heard Conrad's doing, doing J.R. for 10 or 15 minutes at a stretch. Do you dudes have an original idea ever? I'm kidding. Not really. But uh, the show on Monday night after all should be a wild and woolly affair. Ticketfly.com, BruceFritchard.com, and it should be a lot of fun. Hope you'll, hope you will, uh, hope you will join us. Uh, I mentioned earlier I'll be at the Steel City Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, the week after WrestleMania on three days, Friday the 12th through Saturday the 14th of April uh, in Monroeville at the Steel City Con, info at SteelCityCon.com. Uh, head to Vegas uh, for the Cauliflower Alley Club in April on uh, at the Gold Coast Hotel. I love the Cauliflower Alley Club. They do great works. Uh, you should join. Uh, you should support. You should give a damn. org for information. And, of course, I'll be back in Las Vegas for uh, StarCast 2, uh, part of two panels there. Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat and I are going to talk about their Trilogy of matches in 1989. Uh, then I'll be set on stage with the Jerry Lawler uh, to do a big Q&A. That really, and I'm not trying to, I want to, yeah, I don't want to sell tickets. Of course you do. But the honest part about it is if I'm leaving WWE and Jerry's staying, uh, the chances, the opportunities for us to work together in a performing situation become very limited. I'm sad to say. But you damn sure enjoyed it uh, at StarCast. That's a, boy, what a Conrad's put a hell of an event there, man. Starcast.com's got all your information. You should uh, you should check it out because it is like a who's who of, of meet and greets and autographs and shows and Q&As. And it's wonderful. Uh, always excited to go north from uh, my home in Oklahoma up to Waterloo, Iowa, or as my grandpa would say, Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, I'm going to be attending the George Trager Sleuthes Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame induction I'm actually going to MC the banquet, the three-day affair, July 25, 26, 27, uh, in Waterloo. And a uh, family event, affordable, family-friendly, the whole nine yards. And uh, check out on Twitter, at Wrestling Museum, at Wrestling Museum, and you'll find all, all the information you need to, to buy a ticket for the Cauliflower Alley Club. So a lot of cool things are going on, as I said many times, uh, there's no, there's never been in my career, my lifetime, a better time to be a wrestling fan. I truly believe that. So a lot of opportunities to come see your favorites. Uh, I appreciate you supporting us very, very much. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my mind. Well, folks, if you've been listening for a while. You've heard me talk about Audible many times. It's an Amazon company. And uh, one of the proudest pieces of work I've ever done was reading our own book, Slobberknocker, my life in wrestling. A lot of folks have been uh, really complimentary of what they heard. And let's face it, some folks just don't like reading. Uh, this is a more contemporary way to absorb information, to be entertained. And uh, I can't recommend enough. Uh, they have unlimited amount of titles, tons, tons of titles in every genre, without a doubt. Now, the, the main thing to remember here, folks, is that I can get you a deal. I can get you a really a good deal. 
And I'd like for you to try, look at the selection of, of titles. Look at all the inventory you can play with and listen to. Audible goes with me on every trip. Every trip I make, I got Audible. You know, I've talked about building an outdoor kitchen. I'm going to be outside a lot more starting last summer. It's a better deal for me. But audible.com is with me outside. It's really a great companion. And I, I love it. I really do love it. It's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, now, here's what I'm going to suggest to you. Go to audible.com slash Jim Ross. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E, audible.com slash Jim Ross. Or you can text Jim Ross to 500-500. That's text Jim Ross to 500-500 and listen for a change. You're going to love this, man. This is a great service. Maybe one of the better investments you've ever made. Because, you know, you got bestsellers, you got motivational uh, audio, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, so much more. Audible is the way to go, without a doubt. Audible is the way to go. And remember, uh, go to audible.com slash Jim Ross or text Jim Ross to 500-500, that's 500-500, and listen for a change. You're going to love this uh, opportunity because now you can expand your horizons, you can learn things, you can be entertained, be informed at your convenience. Nothing like it. Audible.com slash Jim Ross is the way to go. I enjoy the Slaver Rock of the Week uh, portion of our program because it generally acknowledges uh, outstanding performances, outstanding works, somebody doing good things, successfully doing good things. Uh, this one, this show is very wrestling oriented, except. I, a writing candidate, John Dorsey, the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, doing a phenomenal job of, of adding more weapons to the Browns football team, uh, more things for my man, Oklahoma Sooner, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, uh, to deal with. And uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is uh, an amazing talent. I had no idea. You know, Everybody's going, well, what is attitude? Look, I think John Dorsey's the kind of guy that can man, can manage him, uh, along with the head coach. Uh, and so, I I just think the Browns are doing a phenomenal job of creating positive awareness and anticipation for their football team. There has never been in the last twenty years, I might suggest, that the Cleveland Browns have been as relevant as they are today. And a lot of that's because of John Dorsey, the coaching staff the uh, atmosphere that th that's been created there, and my man, number six, Baker Mayfield. Uh, also in the hunt this week, i got to say, Dean Ambrose, uh, he's had great work last, since he said he was leaving. Uh, his work has been, ex it's been exemplary. He hasn't called anything in. He has had great matches, great effort, and uh, wherever he's going, Somebody's getting a player. Uh, Harlem Heat, I mentioned earlier, I'm very proud of Booker T and Stevie Ray for their Hall of Fame nod. They deserve it. They're a great tag team, uh, good, two good men, uh, and uh, great role models for anyone, no matter their ethnicity. Shane McMahon, I don't know why he's a bad guy, but he is. He made quite the impact with his physicality uh, at Fastlane on the post-match Miz attack and then uh, roughing up uh, Miz's dad. 
Uh, Mrs. Dad deserves to be roughed up. You know why? The haircut. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, I thought he had a great uh, reappearance. He's not on the milk carton any longer. He's out, He's off. He's been found. He was lost, but now he's found. Does that sound familiar? Uh, but I thought he did well. And getting the rub from Paul Heyman never hurts you. Never hurts you a bit. Paul Heyman's uh, interaction with Seth Rollins I thought was very entertaining. I said this on, on Twitter. I was watching the show. Talents, anytime Heyman has a microphone in his hand, all talents should listen. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. I don't know that's not, but my guess was probably not across the board, and that's a, that's a shame. That's a shame. He's uh, non-paralleled, is Paul Heyman on the mic. So, uh, good stuff. Good stuff for Paul, and gave the nice road to Sheldon, and, and Sheldon had a, he got a great match out of Seth Rollins. All good stuff. So, uh, and I'm really proud that we were able to recruit Shelton in that package deal with Brock Lesnar. And I'm going to award the Slobber Rock of the Week this week to the late Dick Byer, the Destroyer, Dr. X, the Sensational Intelligent Destroyer, a man that as a, from the upstate New York went to made a career in Japan because he made the commitment to understand the culture. Dick made the commitment to understand and speak the language. Uh, he was hugely successful in Japan. Uh, as a fan favorite. They didn't start that way, but Dick was such a, a renaissance man. I remember Dick doing a, a TV match well into his 50s, I'm thinking, in, in our, at the Irish New Boys Club in Shreveport. And uh, he put somebody over. He, had a, he wore a mask. I think we, I don't know what name we gave him. Maybe somebody can find that on the WWE Network. But Dick Byer did a, did a match, a TV match, as a quote-unquote enhancement guy. In other words, he, he was there to do one thing, and that was to put the other talent over because he was passing through, did a one-off for Cowboy. Cowboy and, and, and Dick Byer were buddies. So uh, all good stuff. Uh, but Dick Byer was a, is a legend. If you can, uh, Dave Meltzer's got a, on a, his site, has a really cool podcast uh, about Dick and, and uh, his career. Unless you hear the accolades that he earned, in a country that at one time was not overly fond of Americans, uh, he is uh, it's an amazing story. So uh, for that and many more reasons, he'll be sor- sorely missed, especially the Call for Alley Club uh, and other places. He's a class act, pro's pro, and the slobber of the week is Dick the Destroyer Buyer. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. Well, I get to turn my heel hat on, as they say. I'm a heel, god damn it. Uh, turn my villain hat on. I always knew you were a, uh, with those Oklahoma shooters. No, no, Stu, I was never a shooter. Please, please get that out of your mind. <laughs> the only alpha male in this house right now, Stu, is you. And, of course, I ended up being in the, in the dungeon. In the ba- I went to the basement. Might as well have been the woodshed. I got stretched. Pet Coon Goofy. That wasn't Pet Coon Goofy. It was a great day. I was sore for about a week, but it was a great day. Uh, one of the candidates for uh, this Pet Coon Goofy award this week is uh, the I'm in need to cash Jose Canseco. After A-Rod and J-Lo got engaged, 
was big news this weekend. Jose tweeted that A-Rod is currently cheating on J-Lo with Jose's ex-wife, Jessica. Oh, the plot thickens. Should be a wrestling angle, huh? Wrestling storyline. And then, of course, Jose kind of deviated from being the good Samaritan to let, let A-Rod know that, uh, or let J-Lo know A-Rod's cheating on her, allegedly. Uh, he pitched an idea for a, a match to make a payday. Can you imagine how long A-Rod thought about boxing or having an MA match with Jose Canseco? Yeah. New York Minute. Or a New Jersey Minute for a salute to my friend uh, Dave LaGreppa, a, new, a proud New Jerseyan. Uh, so, come on, Jose. Just find something to do, man. You have to, you have to get a real job. Wouldn't that be a shame? Uh, Tucker Carlson's a news guy on television. Some of you are familiar with him. Some of you aren't. Uh, and he, here's, listen to this. Oh, Tucker getting a little bit uh, uh, rambunctious with his verbiage. He claimed that he will never bow to the mob. He will never bow to the mob. After controversial comments he made on a radio program about statutory rape alongside derogatory comments about women, they all resurfaced. Come bite you in the ass. It's out there. It's out there. Uh, and progressive media watchdog Media Matters for America published recordings from uh, Carlson's shock jock show with our old buddy, Bubba the Lust Sponge. I, I haven't said his name in a long time, which originally aired from 2006-2011. Uh, Tucker Carlson purports to be something on television as a news expert, or how that came about, who knows. But, uh, you know, you, you, you can't throw rocks. You live in a glass house, man. He's got to come back out in front of the whole equation and say, I screwed up. I was wrong. I'm honest. I'm just telling you, I messed up. Uh, I think uh, James Dolan, the owner of the New York Knicks, and even though they're the richest franchise in the NBA, they suck. They can't sell off their building on a regular basis. It's the New York Knicks, man. It's, it's NBA royalty. And uh, Dolan uh, was caught on camera yelling at a young adult male fan who told Dolan to sell the team. <laughs> and for saying that, expressing his opinion with no profanity, no no physical uh, threats, got this uh, young dude kicked out of the garden. And then, of course, Dolan had to make the key comment, forever, uh, kick the guard, he's kicked out of the garden forever. And he told him to enjoy watching the games on television. I think a lot of people are taking that advice if they're actually watching it on television. James Dolan's got a whole lot more to worry about in rebuilding his team with some respect and respectability uh, than worrying about uh, getting a, a negative remark from a fan. Grow up, James Dolan. Just grow up, rich boy. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Mm. Man. Russell didn't have a good night in Utah. Threatening a man and his wife. I'll F you up. I'll F you up. What are we? What are we? What is this? Who are you now? Al Capone? You John Gotti? Come on, Russell. Russell lets things get under his saddle, his burr, burr under the saddle type thing. Is he one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA? You damn right he is. And are we happy to have him here in Oklahoma City? Absolutely. But, you know, he's, he, he needs a filter. And when guys get those max contracts and they're the man and all that stuff, they feel sometimes very bulletproof. 
and that's which they are a product of their environment, and that can be dangerous. And finally, the Pet Coon Goofy Award will go to finally they got his ass out of Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown has been traded for a, and he gets for not having a good year uh, as far as his attitude and things like that are concerned. Uh, Antonio got rewarded because he can run a a four four forty and has great hands. He's one of the best receivers in the league. A new fifty million dollar deal. I don't know what message that sends out to anybody else, but you can be a prick, you can be a douche, and still get paid. Something's wrong about this concept. And by the way, thirty million of that of those dollars are guaranteed by the uh, by the Raiders. And you know they've been known to re- to bring people off the scrap heap and 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 uh, you know rehabilitate all their whole franchise. You know, coaching up outlaws, and they won. John Madden knew how to handle those outlaws. I don't know that John Gruden does. We'll find out. Hope he does, because if if Antonio can come to Oakland to play football and not talk, and not be disruptive, uh, that is a huge get for. Uh, the Raiders. The Raiders. The Oakland Raiders. Are they really the Oakland Raiders anymore? I don't know that. So this week's Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to the talented, but at times pain in the ass, Antonio Brown. Don't forget, folks, that uh, we're going to be all over New York City uh, WrestleMania week. I'll be getting in town uh, midweek going to do a lot of business have another meeting with a new publisher should be interesting and hopefully get that deal done sooner than later so we can we're going to continue to write our book somebody's going to publish it but we we have our eye on who we want to publish it and if we get that worked out uh, with simon and schuster by the way who i've done books with before but they came seeking us after the success of our first book a slobber knocker my life in wrestling so i'm looking forward to that amazon.com if you haven't read our book Amazon.com has it. And, you know, we're very big friends of the show with uh, Audible.com. And Audible.com has the audio version of Slobberknocker. I read the read it in my voice. Whether, just give me forewarning. Probably one of the hardest things I ever did because I had to talk about my wife, Jan, about not more than a month after she got killed. It was tough reading, tough expressing myself in the way that I wanted to be, be heard. So uh, check that out, Amazon.com. You'll love the book, I think, and uh, we love writing it. And Paul O'Brien and I are kicking ass down the, on the second one, a continuation, as I mentioned earlier in the show, of my career. But, man, we, we're, we're, we haven't even got to a lot of the heavy stuff. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, 43 years ago, eight-time NWA world champion, the greatest of all time, Danny Hodge, retired from wrestling after injury suffered in an automobile accident. Danny fell asleep. Danny was never good at driving at night because I know that for a fact because I drove all night many times because he couldn't stay awake. Hey, Tiger. Are you sleepy? Are you sleepy, Tiger? Yeah, I'm sleepy. God damn it. <laughs> he laugh, giggle. Because <laughs> uh, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. But Danny got, he broke his neck and his car sunk. He held his neck in place with one hand Swam from he swam from the uh, bottom of the lake or bottom of this river where it was to the to the shore, and then with a broken neck he pulled himself off the out of the shore off the shore up the uh, uh, incline 
to get back up on the highway where a truck driver saw him and and uh, stopped to help him. Now, all this is a broken neck. I mean, it's not the Kurt Angle story of he won it with a broken freaking neck. Danny Hodge saved his own life by swimming off the bottom of a river with a broken freaking neck. He's a beast. Nobody has ever been like him. I swear to God. And yeah, I'm biased. He's my boyhood hero. He's an Oklahoma guy. But if you do any background check, you can go all, you can get all this information on Google. You can see his amateur matches on on uh, uh, on, on online. Amazing. Twenty six years ago, another amazing event in Dublin, Ireland. Big Van Vader, Leon White, defeated Sting to win the WCW World Heavyweight Title just six days after losing the title to Sting in London. Damn. Sting didn't get out of Europe alive with that one, did he? 22 years ago on Raw is War. Remember those days? Raw is War. And like my action figure said, Raw is Tony. Uh, that was in Syracuse, New York. Uh, Psycho Sid defeated Bret Hart in a steel cage match to retain the WWF title. Afterwards, Bret shoved Mr. McMahon down and went on an explicit laden tirade. And... Uh, that would become a big brawl with Brett and Sid and Taker and Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels. And uh, because of this uh, coarseness, uh, the WWE programming going forward would have a seven-second delay, which I assume they still have. 21 years ago at Raw's War in Phoenix, Triple H defeated Owen Hart via referee stoppage. Interesting finish, not used anymore, to win the WWF European title. 20 years ago on Raw's War, uh, from San Jose, New Age Outlaws won singles goal, folks. Billy Gunn defeated Hardcore Holly in the uh, Hardcore title matchup. And uh, Road Dog defeated Val Venus for the Intercontinental Championship. 19 years ago, at one time, it was a little sore spot for me. Speaking of Beyond the Mat, a lot of us did a lot of extra work on Beyond the Mat. Beyond the Mat made money. Some of us did all this extra work on our own time, got nothing. Just saying. Water on the Bridge. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just letting you know the whole story. It was a great film uh, directed by Barry Blostein, big-time wrestling fan, very bright guy. It made its uh, worldwide or nationwide uh, theatrical debut 19 years ago. Remember, it followed the, uh, the uh, three wrestlers outside the ring, Mick Foley, Terry Funk, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, so... Really interesting. It had a $500,000 budget, and uh, it turned a profit of over $2 million at the box office. Just don't know why I didn't get a check. <laughs> I'm like Michael Hayes, still pissed at Bill Watts for a payoff he didn't get uh, with the Freebirds in the Superdome on a big Superdome extravaganza. I always, when I see Michael, I bring up Cowboy just so he can tell me that story again. I've heard it about 30 times. It's just fun to hear him. Michael tells that story with great passion which is indicative of why he was such a wonderful promo guy. 18 years ago, WCW Money Nitro and WCW Thunder were both canceled by our Turner Networks. 18 years ago, folks. Also, 18 years ago in Raw's War, from Albany, New York, Edge and Christian to feed the Hardy Boys to win the WWF Tag Team titles, only to lose them about an hour later to the Dudley Boys. Of note, Rhino and Spike Dudley, both made their WWF debuts on that event. And uh, on the same show, go get this. On the same show, Raven defeated the Big Show to win the hardcore title. What the hell? 
17 years ago, we had WrestleMania 18, the Sky Dome. Almost 70,000 were in attendance. It sold out. Everybody talks about Rock and Hogan, which you talk about at length in our new book, how that came about, the buildup, the backstage stuff, all, all that. Uh, but we rarely talk about anything else. We don't talk about the Undertaker defeating Ric Flair in a no-disqualification matchup. We don't talk about Triple H defeating Chris Jericho to win the WWF undisputed title. We talk about one thing on that show. By the way, uh, the next night on Raw, Brock Lesnar made his uh, WWF television debut with a returning Paul Heyman. Smartest thing WWE did was put Heyman with Brock Lesnar. Still very, very timely. And also on the Raw the next night uh, after Toronto, uh, Linda McMahon announced the brand extension. Moving on to 16 years ago in St. Louis, Steve Austin defeated Eric Bischoff in a no-disqualification matchup. The outcome is not highly surprising, in all respect to EB, but uh, this was Austin's final free televised match as Steve retired, and he really retired, uh, following WrestleMania 19, two weeks later. Two weeks later. That was a hell of a weekend. 15 years ago, the WWE... E helped their Hall of Fame ceremony at the Hilton in New York City. It'd be the first Hall of Fame ceremony for the company since 1996. The 2004 class, which was much too big in my opinion, too many bodies, too many people, too long a show. Uh, the, that 2004 class included Jesse Ventura, Don Morocco, Tito Santana, superstar Billy Graham, Sergeant Slaughter, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Harley Race, Pete Rose, and posthumous inductions to Big John Stud and the Junkyard Dog. Everybody I mentioned deserved to go in. Just too damn many of them on that one show. I'll always remember 15 years ago this week in New York City, WrestleMania 20, big-time deal, big-time deal. Uh, and it was called WrestleMania 20, where it all begins again from Massachusetts Garden, New York City. Uh, the... Uh, $2.4 million gate at WrestleMania 20 was, at the time, the highest grossing event in the history of Madison Square Garden. And that was a massive night for uh, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Happy to see that for both guys. 14 years ago in Raw from Atlanta, the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, who else would it be, defeated La Resistance, Rob Conway and Sylvan Grenier. And that, that was the Rockers' first match as a team since 1991. Pretty big deal. Uh, I remember uh, this pretty well because I was on one of my sabbaticals, and I, they brought me back, they, me and WWE, brought me back to do the play-by-play of a Saturday Night's Man event from Cobo Hall in Detroit. It was the first Saturday Night's Man event in 14 years. Big deal. For me, it was a huge deal because I was still, I'm a big mark for that kind of stuff. It was myself, Jerry Lawler, and JBL doing commentary on that show. Uh and it was it was fun. It was a big night. Got to go back because I you know every, I've been written off so many times that uh, you never know if if you're going to come back. You got a feeling well you probably will somewhere, but how and when. But uh, it was a fun to be brought back uh, into the land of the living. Thirteen years ago in Cobo Hall. Twelve years ago, wrestling legend Arnold Scullin. Hey Gabe, big chew those cigars. Vince McMahon hates smoking. So when Arnie was around Vince in the same vicinity, Arnie just chewed on his cigar, didn't, didn't light it. He died of natural causes in hometown of White Plains, New York at 82. 82. Everybody's got an Arnie scolding story. 
And when he didn't know your name, he just called you Gabe. Hey, Gabe. Hello, Ernie. I remember uh, Bobby Heenan said that Arnold Scolan, who was a tough bastard, former Marine, was in the same uh, uh, same camp as Jim Barnett. <laughs> I was never in a Marine. Uh, so uh, Heenan would tell guys with Arnie and Earshot that Arnie and Barnett were, uh, you know, were, were tied at the hip as going through Marine basic training together. Arnie did not like that comparison. Arnie may have been a little bit uh, prejudicial about those who lived alternative lifestyles. But we loved Arnie anyway. What a, what a talent. What a tough guy. He's another one of those uh, policemen. When uh, Vincent Mann Sr. And, and those and others around him had an issue with somebody, where's Arnie? That was Arnie's role. Loyal, honest, good man. I miss Arnie. Ten years ago, I missed another guy named Andrew Martin. Uh, found dead in his home in Tampa. 33 years old. Man, what a waste. Demons. Grab your ass. They take you down. They stomp you in the guts. They, they try to pull out your heart. And Andrew could not kick out. Shame. Big upside. Eight years ago, TNA presented Victory Road from the Impact Zone in uh, Universal, Orlando. At Universal Orlando, I should say. Uh, the show was noted for a short main event where the TNA champion, Sting, defeated Jeff Hardy in just 88 seconds. Hardy, alleged according to this, was in no condition to perform. However, TNA went on with a match, which may speak to their decision-making overall. You would never, ever, under any circumstances, no matter what, put what you a wrestler that you perceive to be impaired or not in condition to perform and put somebody else's life in their hands for any reason. Made no sense. Oh, go get the matching ring. Oh, bullshit. How about taking the talent's health, well-being first and only first? Six years ago, the headline was Stone Cold Steve Austin is getting into the podcast business. Well, he's, he's in it. He talked me into getting into it. No regrets there. I love it. I love it. And big things are coming, by the way, on this podcast. You know, I, I teased uh, a week or so ago that Conrad Thompson and I were working on some ideas to introduce a new show that in all likelihood will replace this show with a ton of new elements and some incumbent elements we're going we're gonna to maintain. I'm not sure when it's going to debut. My sense is probably mid-April, I'm guessing. We don't have a name for the show yet, but uh, you'll get that soon. But it will be with the Westwood One, the mighty Westwood One. So that's going to be a big project for Conrad and I. We're both looking forward to working together, uh, and uh, it should be fun. New concept for me, new booking, new opponents, new angles, new storylines, and we'll kick ass. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be big. Uh, and I know the folks at Westwood One, we had a meeting with them this week. They're extremely excited about this show debuting. As are we. Uh, so now let's move on to birthdays. One of the happier parts of our show. Birthdays. Who the hell doesn't like a good birthday? Matt Jackson. He's, a, he's an AEW executive, you know. Executive vice president, big Zach. Great tag team wrestler. 34 years young on, today on Wednesday as we record this. Beulah McGillicuddy, if that is your real name, uh, is turning a young 50. Uh, and she is she has carried the bulk 
the weight of the world on her shoulders because she's been married to Tommy Dreamer for many, many years. Nice lady. Good couple. Beautiful daughters. Twins. On Thursday, Santino Morella, a guy that I named the Milan Miracle for winning the Intercontinental title in Milan, Italy. Uh, and it was quite the night. I, the thing I remember about that night of uh, Santino coming out of nowhere to win the title was that uh, uh, he had to buy drinks for everybody at the assistance of John Cena at the hotel bar, and many of us were overserved. Good guy, Santino Morella, proud Canadian, A. Eh? Uh, Brian Clark, who wrestled as Adam Baum, is 55 on Thursday. The Iron Sheet, Cosgrove Viserri, is 76. I met Cosgrove in the early 70s. He's a former WWE and uh, champion and tag champ. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's a character. When I first met Cosgrove, he had hair, and he weighed about a buck ninety. He looked like a racehorse. He looked like a uh, Iranian secretariat. On Saturday, birthdays include Jordan Devlin, who will be 29. He's an NXT UK guy. Kenny Doan, very talented member of the Spirit Squad, is 33 on Saturday, former tag champion WWE. Steve Armstrong, 54, from the famous Armstrong family, much respected in our world. Stevie Armstrong will be 54 on Saturday. Southern Boys Tag Team, Armstrong Family, and I said. The big man, Mark Canterbury, will be double nickel, 55 on Saturday. Uh, just a good man. He and uh, uh, his illustrious partner, uh, Phineas, uh, were uh, a lot of fun to be around, tag team. They're always there, man. They, they, they like to party. They like to have a good time. But they, when, when the bell rang, they were there. They were reliable. And I said many times, people say, Jared, what's the most number one trait you look for in recruiting a, a potential star for any wrestling company? Their reliability. Stop and think about it, and you'll understand. On Sunday, Samoa Joe, one of my all-time favorites, will be 40. He's a current U.S. champion in WWE. Love Joe's game. Love his work. Love his work. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, Test uh, died in 2009. His birthday would, be, would have been Sunday. He's in 44. Uh, again, way too short, way too short. The owner of the NWA, Billy Corgan, is a youthful 52 on Sunday. Hope to get Billy on the show here sooner than later, find out his plans. It's really funny, not funny, it's really unique how uh, Billy and his team, Dave Lagana and others, are retooling the NWA, trying to bring back some of its credibility and luster. And uh, we'll talk to Jim Cornette a little bit later today about that because uh, he's involved in that uh, process to some degree. On Monday, EC3 will be 36. Rick Martel will be 63. Rick Martel should be in the Hall of Fame if he's not already. He's not already. He's not in the Hall of Fame, I don't think. But Rick Martel is a deserving of any honor. He's silky smooth, longtime pro, uh, always looked good, always worked hard, could have matches, good matches with anybody. Uh, and also on Monday... My late dear friend Lance Russell would have been 93. Can you imagine that? Lance only died in 2017. He was the king of Memphis wrestling. No offense, Jerry. But, I mean, all the great successes that the Memphis Territory had, there was always one constant that was there. No, there are others. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking Bill Dundee or, or Dutch Mantell or certainly the king or Jimmy Valiant, any of those guys. Rock and roll, all those great stars that came out of 
out of Memphis. But there was one storyteller, and the soundtrack of the greatness from the Memphis Territory was created by Lance Russell and his uh, partner in crime, Davey Brown. A lot of respect for those two guys. On Tuesday, A.J. Lee will be 32, former Divas champion, author. Check out her book. She's married, of course, to CM Punk, as many of you know. Jimmy Havoc will be 35. Uh, he's an AEW guy. He's 35 on Tuesday. And a very talented Matt Seidel, also known to some as Evan Bourne, will be 36 on Tuesday. So to all these men and women, I wish you a very sincere happy birthday. And whatever you do, remember, good old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Well, folks, we've got mail, no doubt about that, because you sent it to us. You email me, thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Don't forget it. That's what it is. I'd love to hear your feedback, your suggestions, any comments you got. I'd love to hear what's on your mind. Uh, I'm trying not to be like many of the wrestling organizations and, and not listen to what the fans want. Just saying. Thejimrossreport at gmail.com is your addy. Uh, this is from Adam, Adam R. You know who you are. I uh, love the book and highly anticipating listening to it as an audio book. Well, the audio book is, I think it's strong. I wish you guys would try the audio version of Slobberknocker. Uh, what, uh, Adam wants to know about a three-man team. Do you happen to know or why would you assume that WWE went to a three-man booth and why they have stuck with it? I think there are influences, Monday Night Football at one time, uh, uh, you know, other sports presentations where three guys are out there. I think it's overkill. I wonder how many times uh, uh, that you, they, they practice, they, they work together. It's, I've always felt it's easier for two guys to develop chemistry than the third guy because at that point the, the, their job descriptions get somewhat blurred because everybody wants to have an equal say. And it can't go that way. Sorry. Uh, and I, I, know, I remember doing a, I loved the, when I was being a, booked by, by Paul Levesque to the uh, NXT takeovers. And I, I do, I'll go to do one. I can't remember. It might have been Chicago. I'm not sure, though. And I did a match. I was going to be, the, the, the story was, uh, let's get Mario Ronello and JR to call a match. People might like that. And I, I agreed. I liked it. Then when I got out there, I, I called it with Mauro and Percy Watson and uh, Nigel McGinnis and me. So um, adding my fat ass to that, com- that trio makes it a foursome. We ain't playing golf here now. And we hadn't worked together before ever. And everybody still wanted to get all their stuff in. And what do you do? I'm the visitor. I'm not, I don't even really belong out there anymore. I just don't think that the, uh, the three or four man team is, the, is a lock. The best three-man team I ever worked with was Vince, King, and myself. Best ever for me. So uh, I think it's a you know it's WWE is looking at that same reason, uh, Adam, that they they want to stay young on the announcing side. They believe it's a perception thing, and they like many people in Hollywood uh, put a higher emphasis on youth and look than they perhaps do on experience and skill and they're not in the minority of this situation what tv entity what tv production company uh, is uh, is different 
Uh, Kenneth Rafferty uh, want to know, you had mentioned Bundy's five count on the Ross report and how there was always the possibility that someone would kick out at four. Did that ever happen? Absolutely. But you got to remember that three count was always still the official th- thing. The, the two more counts making a five count was to embellish the devastation uh, and the finality of Bundy's big splash. So you could have, if you got to three, the match is officially over. But then he would insist on the, re- the referee counting two more, making it five. That's kind of why we did that. He could have, it, gives the, it gives Bundy a bitch because he could say, you know, somebody could say, well, you know, you didn't beat me for a five count. It, it is another topic. It's another thing to talk about. So I like that idea, probably because it was mine. <laughs> uh, Elliot Lopez. Elliot was, says he's watching Legends House on the network this week, which definitely pulled on the heartstrings seeing Mean Gene and the hot rod Roddy Piper. Me too. Me too, buddy. You, you, you were all a huge part of my fandom growing up. With that said, in one episode, someone mentioned that Howard Finkel worked in the office for years but isn't known for it. Uh, can you shed some light on that, what, what the Fink did backstage? Well, First of all, uh, Howard was the first employee hired by Vince and Linda McMahon. He's employee number one. And Howard did a variety of things around the office. And at TV, he produced uh, the promos that that went inside the syndicated shows to ostensibly sell tickets. You know, Mean Gene would be there in that commercial break on a syndicated show. Hey, fans, we're coming back to Chicago. Blah, 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 blah. That was Howard produced all that stuff. Basically, Howard... Uh, herded the chickens and made sure they were there and ready to go to work. So that's kind of what he did. But he, Howard did a lot of things. Howard uh, Howard always took care of the uh, read all the online stuff, all the wrestling newsletters and things like that. So if he saw something that that Vince needed to know, Howard was the guy. And I hear Howard's not been feeling real well. So Howard, if you're listening, I, I really respect you. I hope you get to feeling better. And uh, Hall of Famer, no doubt, and certainly is a uh, deserving of all the praise that we can muster. He really, I don't remember any better ring announcer. Because that voice is synonymous with WWE and big events. Get well, Howard. Uh, Mikey, uh, so was a longtime fan of my days commentating with the King on Raw and the Attitude Era. Uh, also, really enjoy your work on the podcast while back you had Tessa Blanchard on your podcast uh it really is amazing to see how far she's come physically since first competing in the May Young Classic in my opinion Tessa is the best female wrestler in the wrestling industry today and hopefully one day in the near future she'll be in WWE you know that or somewhere else uh uh I don't know I have no idea what WWE's interest is in her uh, Mikey, I would think anybody that any brains would be interested in her. The rap on her at one time was she had an attitude problem. I never have seen that. If it's there, that's for somebody else to to, uh, to say. I didn't, I've never seen it. I like her. She's driven. She's one of those great world-class athletes that's an alpha female. And she's really uh, special. So... Uh, she'll, here's the thing about Tessa. As long as Tessa can stay injury-free 
and not shoot herself in the foot with anything else, she's going to have a long, productive, financially rewarding career in wrestling. She's that good. She's a top five talent in all the women in the world, in my opinion. That's pretty damn high praise. That was from uh, Mike from Canada. Thomas McCauley sends us a little uh, email at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Good morning to, to J.R., Sean, Raphael, and the cast of thousands. Seems like it. First of all, Jim, at 58, I'm old enough to say you were not the voice of my childhood, but you are the voice of wrestling, as far as I'm concerned, and no disrespect to the voices of my earlier days, Ed Whalen, Calgary, it's a malfunction at the junction. He, did a, he was a colorful guy. Uh, Ron Morier in Vancouver, another good storyteller. And, of course, the, the trilogy of that none of us deserve to be mentioned in the same breath of Lance Russell, Bob Cottle, and Gordon Soley. I appreciate that. Uh, you're, you're, and and uh, Thomas is warning about he's getting tired of the walkthroughs by Lacey Evans. That's exactly what you're supposed to do, I'm thinking. She's going to be a villain. She's going to be somebody that you're going to pay money to see her get her ass whipped. Uh, I th- think that it will be uh, about time for a update, uh, some moder- some uh, modification to her gimmick, if you will, or persona. But she's a former Marine, great athlete, tough, but she needs more ring time. And I, uh, while I enjoy her getting the rub from other people and I enjoy the fact that she's getting television time and people are getting familiar with her, they don't like her uh, arrogance and so forth and so on, uh, the biggest thing for uh, Lacey Evans is to stay in the ring as much as she can with people that are better than her. If she does that with her look, her background, her physicality, and her, you know, all that, she's got a chance to be really, really big there. Really big. Uh and so I hope she does. She's got a great look. I hope she does. She's got a great look. So uh, we'll see. It's like Trish Stratus coming on board. She turned head. She looked like Pam Anderson. You know, we hired her from Toronto. Carl DeMarco helped me find her, brought her to my attention. We, Trish and I had a great relationship. Negotiations went pretty smooth. Uh, and she was a great, uh, great talent in our locker room. Uh, she had fun on the road. She enjoyed the wrestling business. And we enjoyed her being in the wrestling business. But the thing about the point I'm trying to make here is that Trish worked diligently to get better in the ring. She did not want to be, quote, unquote, just another pretty face. A 10 with no athletic ability with cow on ice uh, uh, coordination, not what you're looking for. So, Lacey, if you listen, somebody's listening for you, stay in that ring, girl. Stay in that ring. Work as hard as you can and, and try to get people, at, maybe even at TV, if the ring's empty, get somebody better than you and and work out. You know, practice. Practice. Like Alan Iverson, practice. Yeah, practice. So uh, that's the mailbag this week. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Keep those uh, cards and letters coming, and we appreciate you. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? Man, he's busier than a fruit merchant these days. I never thought I'd see him back on weekly television, but Jim Cornette is back on weekly television with MLW as I welcome James E. Cornette to the program. Corny, how are you, buddy? B- busier than that one-legged waitress I used to know that worked at IHOP. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember her. I think it was no, in Sepulpa. I, JR, I'm just, I'm a failure. I, I have to admit it publicly on your program. I'm a failure. I can't do retirement. Yeah, me neither, buddy. I understand well, that. But you got so much energy. You're, 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 you have the, the, the body of a 45 year old. Yes. And, and he wants you to give it back because you're getting it all wrinkled. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you have that stamina. And I'm, you know, I'm convinced. I still baffle science. Do you know I weigh less now than I did when I was 25 years old? Do you really? That's amazing. I am a 204 pound weakling as we speak right now. My, my, Blood pressure is okay. My blood sugar is okay. My cholesterol is okay. I continue to baffle science. I don't know why, but every time I, something happens, I think it's the big one. If I get a zit, I immediately I run to get a biopsy. <laughs> if I get out of breath, I'm searching for somebody with a defib- defibrillator. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried it's, it's always the big one. Stone Cold said that to me one time. He said he's always calling his doctor. He does. The doc, it's the big one. I don't know why I continue to be in such good health and, and, and out in the public. Good DNA, man. Good DNA. You got a good heart and you're, and you like what you do. You love our business still, even though we, things that we love the most sometimes can hurt or hurt us the most or piss us off the most. And it's sent the women, uh, restaurant, bed food at a restaurant, all kinds of stuff. So I'm just saying that, uh, you're doing what I think you're cut out to do. I can't imagine you not doing something in wrestling i can't i really can't well and and you know actually over the past year it's it's kind of uh it's kind of kicked off a bit um uh not only with the uh the midnight express anniversary events that we're doing uh this year it's great to be back together with bobby and dennis and stan especially after dennis's health issues that he's had with the throat cancer and Bobby's uh, on his medicine, and and uh, his pacemaker is making pace good, and and he looks better than he has in years. Of course, Stan's a genetic freak, uh, so we're back together. And also, uh, as you mentioned, we're going to talk about the MLW gig. And of course, I've been doing uh, some spots for the NWA. Also, did the 70th anniversary show in Nashville back in October, and we're going to do the Crockett Cup. You got to come down and present the cup to the winner on April 27th in Concord, North Carolina. Well, if I'm in the neighborhood, if, if, if you if you stop by, I, I, yeah, I might stop barbecue. by barbecue. I know a guy. All right, good. Well, hey, um, that's that's pretty enticing. But uh, I've been doing that, and of course, my wildly popular podcast. I'm getting all this out of the way at the top of the the hour yeah, here. Have at it. Uh, the the Jim Cornette experience and Corny's drive through wherever you steal your favorite audio, and with all the other things I'm doing now, suddenly, I've been thrown into the into the jaws of the lion again with uh, Major League Wrestling, MLW, as uh, a rotating color man, not full-time as has been reported. They, they, uh, they are running some events that are outside my travel range. But uh, uh, on BN Sports on Saturday nights, you can hear uh, old Cornette again calling it as I see it on MLW Fusion with Rich Bikini. Uh, we just did the taping in Chicago, which was... Of, of, of trial by fire for me. I haven't called Lucha in a few years, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm boning up on my Lucha history so that I can be as uh, uh, well-versed in that as I am the American style. Uh, and we're going to be in New York for two days, April 4th and 5th. Right. Uh, in the, it, It's either Queens or Long Island City. I think it's actually the same thing, but it's right there next to the, the heart of the action. Melrose Ballroom. They're going to bring me in in one of those black SUVs with uh, security details. And then, and Vince is going to get out. Yeah. 
Melrose Ballroom, Corning Street, you're going to be performing on Thursday, April 4th, and Friday, April 5th with MLW. Then I see they're also on the road on Saturday, June 1st, at the Waukesha County Expo Center, which, according to my sheet from the uh, illustrious Raphael Morphy, is in the Milwaukee area. Well, actually, it's, it's, I hate to, but you know, they don't have those words down in Oklahoma. I hate to correct you, but I believe it's Waukesha. I think you're right. I think you're right. If I was on that game show, yeah, no, you're right, Waukesha. Hey, I never said I was a smart guy. That's a good (laughs) one. The, uh, here's what I was wondering. How long did it take, how many phone calls, or what was the dialogue like between you and Courtney Bauer on uh, getting you on the team? Well, as, as it, it it begins, I talked to Jeff Jarrett last year, and, and I told him, I said, every time I, you call me and the first words out of your mouth is, I got something I want to run by you, I get into trouble. Uh, but no, Court had called because uh, your friend and mine, Mr. Tony Schiavone, uh-huh. um, has uh, apparently 18 jobs. Why? As we all get older, we work more instead of less. I didn't think this was the goal. but We're, we're all afraid of dying, Corny, so we stay well, busy. We believe it will extend our life. I don't. I'm, I think that's, I'm that's, just doing it for landscaping. But anyway, yeah, you know, a check. Uh, Cord called and, and Tony uh, has been doing their broadcast. But unfortunately, when they switched on the the network, BN Sports. If you don't have it, please get it, everybody. Um, they switched nights from Thursday to Saturday, and that conflicts with some uh, uh, different types of sports that he does. I believe right. this season it's it's basketball. Right. He's it into be. everything. Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs. He's a big. There you go. He, he's, he produces Georgia Bulldog uh, football and basketball, which is really a, a hell of a gig, uh, especially if you're a uh, a diehard mainstream sports fan like Tony is and has been all his life. If Tony had his druthers, he would have never. I don't think he'd ever broadcast wrestling, Corny. I think he would have been a baseball guy. Well, I was about to say the baseball world would already have snatched him up. He'd have been yep. Vin Scully. Been great, yeah, and he, he was really good. Instead, he got in in wrestling and became sullied. Yeah, uh, but yeah. anyway, so uh, Tony is uh, uh, unavailable, unfortunately, on weekends. Whereas I, my schedule is often clear since I, I like it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Court asked me if I would uh, do uh, New York their big weekend there because uh, uh, you know the eyes of the world are on the Big Apple that weekend. Right. And then when I agreed to that, well, then he called me back and he said, well, you know, we've got Chicago like next week. And I, ha, <laughs> so I, I had a crash course and boned up on some of the talent. <clears throat> but long story short, he got me for those two dates. And uh, the first one, everybody in, seemed to enjoy. I enjoyed. And so we've talked about doing some more in the uh, summer when they're in the Midwest. Uh, I may be doing the the weekends. Tony may be doing the Thursdays in the Northeast. We're trying to work out all those schedules right now. Yeah, good options. Both good options for Court to to have on his broadcast, without a doubt. Uh, do you do you get concerned, or that's probably not the best words, the best one I can come up with right now, uh, that you may not know all the current names for a basic maneuver that you and I have called for 30 years, uh, headlock is not something else, or I'm being facetious in that analogy. But seriously, everything's got a name now, and the same moves by different talents have different names. I find it to be a little bit markish, quite frankly. I mean, you know, not being fully transparent here, but uh, I, doing that with the New Japan guys, 
you know, they got their their names are holy. I, I had a hell of a time just call, pronouncing their names, and I'm not <laughs> saying that disrespectfully. You, but when you that's not part of your nomenclature. It's not part of your daily verbiage or vocabulary. It's a learning curve. And well, uh, you know, I, I look at it like this, and and. About the second or third match that I called the other night uh, at the MLW event was a high-level lucha match with the Lucha Brothers and and Laredo Kid and Taurus with the you know the bull outfit. It gave me Mantar flashbacks for a second, but <laughs> but no, these guys really know what they're doing. And and see, a lot of people, I'll answer your question in a second, but a lot of people were like, "Well, Corny hates that flippy stuff, right?" Well. <laughs> I hate the flippy stuff that I see on in in some independents these days, and even a lot of high level promotions where it's a bunch of guys doing a gymnastic floor routine where it's so smooth and choreographed, no one's sweating while they're doing it. It's just an effortless ballet thing. These guys are smashing each other in the face, and they're doing some high level stuff, but they're grown men. Mm-hmm. I I I'm not going to change a Mexican cultural phenomenons style to suit American wrestling or my sensibilities, nor should I, because that's part of the reason why it's MLW fusion. There was as many fans there to see the Lucha guys as there were to see the American guys there that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, if it's guys, it, to me, cosplaying a bunch of crazy white boys in pajamas pretending to be luchadors, to me, <laughs> I, it gives me sour belches. Yeah, I hear you. Like if granny, the granny, guys doing what they do, then there's a long history of, of, of uh, stories that you can tell from from their culture and that style, and that's you know that's what I need to pick up on. But as far as calling the names of the moves, if it's a guy's finish, I'm going to get it over. <laughs> right. If the guy names seven things that he does, and now I'm breaking the rule because the Midnight Express, remember, we had all those different finishes and all those wacky names. But we also had six hours of television where we were getting four wins every week to use those moves, right? Mm-hmm. Things have slowed down a little bit. Uh, if if you've got a finish and it's got a name, then that needs to get over or a, a big move. Once guys get past naming two or three of their things, they're just doing it for their own amusement. They're becoming marks, Corny. They're becoming marks of their own of their own work. And well, yeah, because you 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 can get a move or a couple of moves over, you know, depending on on uh, your style and your your placement on television and the ability do you have to, to expose those things. But once you start just naming everything because it has to have a name, past the standard as you said headlock and hip toss yeah yeah it it just it gets that's one thing that that modern wrestling has become is a little bit hard for new people to join the club because of all the nomenclature and the verbiage and the terminologies and Mm -hmm. and 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 they just assume as bill watts sent out that memo one time gentlemen i know you are all superstars but you assume that every, all the fans know everything. <laughs> when you when you cut your promos, do not assume this. Explain to them the stipulations, the reasons, the the threats, the promises, the goal, whatever the point of the promo is. Right. And I don't think that that uh, I think it's it's too hard for simple people who don't live their life on the internet to follow wrestling these days. In a lot of cases, that's why I like the MLW program. It was some. 
smash mouth stuff with some some guys some guys that are green some guys that are veterans and everybody working hard and it's easy to watch and easy to explain you let the wrestling speak for itself right uh what do you think of uh what do you think the long-term future can be for an organization uh the size or the infrastructure and I know it's building and courts a very ambitious entrepreneur does a good job. No doubt about that. But what realistically corny do you think that their, their, uh, their prospectus might be? Well, it, it, wrestling has changed so much over the past few years that honestly, if this was 10 years ago, I would have said, well, they're going to be a nice little independent, you know, like a few others, but mm-hmm. all of these, promotions now that at least have a, a presence and a platform on, on some type of television and have a roster of uh, starting to develop a library, a history of content. Now that Vince just got, you know, $27 billion, whatever he got from the network, and he's in the television business now more than ever before instead of the wrestling, wrestling business, he does a television program that is somewhat incidentally about wrestling. Right. Any of these promotions are now just one television deal away. If some network executive sees a style that they like or a style that uh, speaks to their uh, network or the demographic they're going for or they see has a uh, uh, cult following that can grow wherever all elite wrestling may end up, uh, it's it's the same situation. It, it, it's it's going to be more about what television platforms want to support a wrestling promotion now than who's selling the most tickets, uh, more than ever before. I uh, of course wish them the very best. Uh, who do you like there as far as talent? Who who's pleasantly surprised you? Because the one thing about this fusion deal, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of folks out there listening don't even know what the hell fusion means, and I might be included in that list to tell you the exact. Def- uh, definition definition of it but who do you who have you liked down there that uh you, you see good things for down the road well the the fusion thing is easy really because they have have brought in a variety of different styles uh but it's all in the category of combat sports whether it's uh, filthy tom lawler that uh, had a great run in the ufc and now he's the mlw world champion he brings the the mixed martial arts style the luchadors and once again you know i can't express to you that it was the the crowd in cicero suburban chicago mm-hmm. one of those old buildings that uh, you can see buddy rogers and Vern Gagne worked this place um it was half uh hispanic have about 30 percent casual fan and then 20 percent you know hardcore reads the internet type of, of fan right and the, it, because that made it a great atmosphere. People were into wrestling and wrestling moves and, you know, people hitting each other. And there wasn't a lot of, you know, choreographed chanting going on. Uh, but it, whether it's lucha, whether it's the high-flying stuff, cruiserweights, whether it's uh, MMA influence, uh, they're, they're trying to fuse the combat sports styles and have a really high-energy wrestling, which I can get into. Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> having said that, as far as talent... Uh, a, a bunch of, of sons of old friends of ours are the New Heart Foundation. Right. Um, uh, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., we know him as Harry. 
and uh, at Teddy Hart, of course, Owen and, and Brett's nephew. And at Teddy, surprised me because everybody knows that Teddy has had issues. It's part of his presentation on television now. Teddy's in jail again, you know. <laughs> but Teddy is a tremendous athlete, and I have seen him now with his head on and, and focusing. And, I, you know, I, I, it, it, he's a tremendous talent and a tremendous influence for good when he's right. And being with other family members, I think, has made him right. Um, Davy Boy Jr. is enormous. Uh, he got all the height that his dad never got. He's like 6'5". Yeah, he's he's had an MMA background. He looks great. And Brian is a spitting image of his dad. Uh, <laughs> as a young it's guy scary. with as many curls. Scary. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested in them. Um, not only that, but uh, MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, that everybody's been crowing about on uh, online, I finally got to see and hear. And he's the kind of guy that Watts, I think, would have put in my spot because he I almost wanted to slap him once I heard him do these promos. <laughs> yeah. He's a little abrasive, which is exactly what you want from a eel. I said, I, Paul Heyman looked at me one time, his eyes got big as saucers, and I said, I said you know, God damn it, man, you're easy to hate. And and he did he he thought it was like a personal, you know I don't like you I don't I'm riding with you well I, I was riding with him because I got a DUI and had no driver's license he was my driver uh, <laughs> a great period of my career I was very proud of that by the way uh, not uh, but uh, that's a great compliment to a villain is that it'd be like saying well you know uh, back in the day uh, uh, Bella Lugosi could just scare the shit out of me yeah and then, of course it's, today it's somebody say. Now, who is this? What territory did he work for? No, he's an actor. He's a horror actor. Bella Lugosi. How about vampires? Shit like that. How about that? But, you know, he's a, this kid's got the uh, the heat factor. And the only thing I got, and the great thing about it is a guy like you can tell him or instruct him, give him the feedback of, okay, you, there's, you understand now there's different kinds of heat. And some of it, and all, of the, all heat doesn't mean you draw money with it. Yeah. Sometimes it's go away, get the hell out. Oh, you're terrible. Try, what are you trying to do? You're insulting my intelligence. Heat. And that don't help anybody. Well, and I'll tell you, uh, uh, some heat that I saw, uh, uh, there's a new group called Contra. And uh, it, uh, yeah, Simon Gotch, who uh, has been around a couple different promotions, I'm sure you've seen him. Yeah. Uh, and a, a guy named Joseph Samael. I still can't pronounce all these foreign names. It's an international flavor to MLW. But the third guy uh, that probably gave me the, the wow moment all weekend is Jacob Fatu, who's the, the, he's a member of the family. He's the lineages. He's the son of the Tonga kid. And he's the guy that came out and did the splash off the 20-foot cage. And once again, uh, this wasn't botchamania, you know, with a guy falling off a cage like a klutz in front of 14 people at the rec center. This was a big building, a big cage, and a big guy. He's got to go 275. He's a Samoan, right? He's, yeah. he's one of the family. Mm -hmm. And he flew off that thing in snooker-esque form and landed it, and I'm sure his victim felt it. He's an athlete in the ring. You can tell the way he moves. He can wrestle. Uh, once again, he's natural. He's Samoan. It's just they're genetically predisposed to be amazing athletes who can wrestle, apparently. Um, 
But he just, for a guy that you haven't seen on television, he just, you and I know what what I'm talking about when I say he just has it. He moves around well, and you can tell he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the amazing things that he did that night. They they had the people ready to climb over the rail in a couple cases, and they were drenched in Coke bottles and, and, uh, you know, various refuse. Um, there's a kid named Alexander Hammerstone that's involved with MJF and Richard Holiday. That's a guy that the cowboy would have loved in in Mid South. Uh, he's big. He's got good size. He's got a camera presence. If, when he speaks, his voice he means it. He's not timid in any way, shape, or form. And once again, just a lot of these guys have not done television, and so it just takes a little bit of prompting for them to bring out what they've already got. This is not a, an environment where they have writers. And so I did do the the questionnaire with, with Court when he when he called me about this. I said, now, there's going to be no, the Invisible Man's not on the card, right? I said, <laughs> we don't have any, you know, a finger gun standoffs or anything. No, we promote professional wrestling. And these guys are a mixture, as I said, of some veterans, low keys there and, and – and doing some uh, some pretty good work and and business. Uh, so there's another MLW. Sometimes is the land of the misfit toys. The yeah yeah the guys that don't work well in a corporate environment seem to be succeeding there. Maybe that's a good thing for me. But and one more guy I'm going to mention, the Southern psychopath Mance Warner, uh, who's another guy that's only been wrestling for a couple of years, but he 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 looks different. He stands out. He can already talk and express himself, but he you can tell he knows what he's doing in the ring for this level of his experience. You know, all these guys have a good trajectory to me, so I'm looking forward to uh, to working with a lot of them and, and, and seeing more of them. I may try to come. Uh, you know, my man Raphael uh, works with you guys as well as a showrunner and so forth. I may try to uh, sneak away to one of those Melrose Ballroom shows with him uh, on in New York City, I'll be up there on some other business. I'm trying to finalize a new publisher for my next book, and which I think we've got done. And I got another couple little pieces of business I'm trying to get tied up and signed up and fixed. So I'm, I'm going to be in New York for a couple of days before my show on Saturday. Well, I, I was try- about to say I, I, I hear you're you're doing a little uh, a little event there as well. Yeah, a little bit. But you know, I got three of them actually. With Saturday at noon with uh, the King and I. At the uh, Gotham Comedy Club. Did you get Yul Brenner for that? Or <laughs> no, I did. Only the over fifties in the audience. But Telly Savalas was available, but I thought his his uh, deformed index finger was a turnoff. <laughs> said, so what after the, the King and I, <laughs> the King and I. Uh, then I got a little show on Sunday morning at the Meadowlands uh, uh, Sheridan with a bunch of ex football players like Stan Hansen and Tully Blanchard and. Butch Reed, a lot of a lot of guys that we know back in our and admired back in their day. Well, I'll be there on Saturday, uh, WrestleMania Sunday morning, and then on Monday night after Raw. You remember that Raw that we did, that show we did in Dallas? You and I yeah, did so at the, the late at, night after Raw, so yeah. the people could come over there and get the bad taste out of their mouth with some entertainment. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, hey, that was a that was so much. The atmosphere is so much fun, and I got to believe that after everything they see all week and the weekend, and then finally Raw. And this is like a you know a, a couple. There's a few minute walk from the Barclay Center that we should have a rowdy cr- crowd, all thanks to alcohol. So what the hell? 
I, I be believe, fun. and they'll be ready to let go and let loose. That's and what, let fly. Yeah, that's what me and Bruce and uh, uh, Conrad Thompson, three of us, are going to do a little Q and A, and that's the fun of that. They'll they'll impersonate me. Somebody said Conrad on his podcast today impersonated me for ten straight minutes. I said, well, you know, you got to give him credit, man, because the last idea he had died of loneliness. So let's hope this one will work out for him. <laughs> I can see it's going to be one of those events, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Uh, how do you like working? You worked with a lot of broadcasters, and, and I've always said that, you know, uh, if I had – I was so lucky that I wasn't nearly as good as some people think I was because I had great partners, and they made me look good. Uh, it all fit. But you've worked with a lot of guys. Uh, how – is your new partner there, Rich, there at MLW? He's, I know he loves doing it, but I've never heard enough of his work to say, well, he's got something or he doesn't have something or, you know, he's a good placeholder. Uh, but what? how do you describe Rich? No, I, I enjoyed working with Rich. He's got a lot of energy and a lot of enthusiasm. And I think that, that uh, I, I, once again, uh, they, they say I have somewhat of a strong personality. I like to think I let Rich talk enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I enjoyed it because Rich obviously has been there and, and knew what the, the issues were and people's relationships to each other. And whereas this was my first, and I had a week's notice, so I was, you know, playing catch-up. So I did rely on Rich for a lot of the information on on previous events in mlw and and i think that rich um i've seen him work with different people and and it's it, it, it's it's almost like if you're enthusiastic you bring the enthusiasm out in rich and he was jumping up and down because you know how i get i'm all oh. i'm highly strung yep so so i think that uh, together we kind of hopefully brought out the best in each other and as you know the same thing with uh, um Joe Galley, who I worked with on the NWA 70th, and yeah. uh, I'm not familiar Nashville. with him. I'm not familiar with him, Corny. How, how's he do? Joe does a lot of work with with the NWA programs, and he's good and a, a young, enthusiastic fellow. I think he's even younger than Rich. Rich looks to be like you know, golly, of 27 or whatever. No, <laughs> he's been around a little while, but yeah. Um, you know, they just they they need. Uh, I think sometimes that. Uh, if they have a color man that has a, a name value or name identity or whatever, sometimes they want to sit back and just let them do their thing out of respect. But if you bring them into the thing, then they, they not only add a lot, but they help bail your, your butt out in certain instances. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like the fact that, the, you know, the young guys have enthusiasm. And, I've you know, if I'm going to be sitting there and calling it, especially when guys are – are really whacking each other and, and getting the people into it and the match is going well, I still, you know, get somewhat excited. Sure. As as uh, would I, if given the opportunity. Uh, I, I'm glad that you're back in the game and fun to listen to. And and, and hopefully some of the uh, arrogant other announcers in this business will listen because you can help all those color guys. Because it seems like everybody nowadays just wants, wants to be glib and cute, sports center anchor. You know, uh, and I was watching uh, this this week, watching WWE, and there's I'm not knocking the announcers' efforts. And anytime I say anything about WWE announcing, oh, JR's old, he's bitter, and he's angry. I'm not. Oh, I am old. Yeah, no shit. Uh, but I'm not bitter. To be bitter about what? And I'm not angry about anything. But when you got uh, a you got talents feeding a comeback 
or you got heels that are building huge heat and, and delivering big bumps and hard hits, and you're talking backstory. Well, yeah, you remember last year, it was in June. I don't give a shit about last year. Why don't you well, tell I me? Actually, it, I watched a couple of episodes of Raw recently to uh, review for my podcast, which which did very well. And also, you go to official Jim Cornette on YouTube and, and hear those very episodes. But I digress. Um, I actually didn't even listen to them because I just did. It, the tone of their voice was not telling me that there was a lot of important stuff going on at that particular time, and I was trying to watch everything else that I had an issue with or was trying to critique or actually liked in a few cases. Yeah. It, it, they just didn't connect that they were telling me something on the, on the sperm of the moment. Mm-hmm. They were reading notes. Well, and I've always said that if, for the announcers, sincerity is the key. When you can fake that, you got it made. No, it, 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 the announcers in any sport to me have to be uh, have to come off as somewhat more knowledgeable about what they're talking about than the average person watching television but they also have to come off as if they care about it and it's happening in front of them rather than just something that they're trying to sell mm-hmm. well i i think uh uh it's a expose because the announcers largely know how long the match is going to go Lawler and I did our best work uh, by not knowing the finishes, and because uh, sometimes you you bounced around, you, you bounced till you understood, but the, the all the imaginations of a finish, and to go over like Cowboy would do, on, you know, it taking thirty minutes to get through the heat, then the comeback, and then you know, he had everything measured out, everything was calculated. Well, I don't want to, I can't work that way well in my on my job description. I need to be spontaneous and surprised, et cetera, et cetera. But my point I was going to make is. It's not up to us announcers to determine what's good stuff in the ring or what isn't. Our obligation is to put the best lyric we can to that music, no matter if it's good music or not. It's our obligation to make it uh, to get the talent over. That's always going to be the, the goal. And when you are when the guys are bouncing around and they're selling, it just it goes to say this. I said this on Twitter the other day. A lot of wrestlers perceive selling as a sign of weakness. It's not. It's an art form. And so if you're uh, get talented or selling and the announcers are ignoring it, so you're ignoring it, the, you're, you're ignoring the pain and the agony and the blues and the challenge uh, of humanity on this baby face or whatever it may be that you want people to have empathy for. And so you've decided arbitrarily, well, that's not, that's not really a big match. And you know, I know they're not going home yet. So I kind of know what the finish <laughs> it is, you know, really, it's just, oh, yeah, well, no, that, that's another thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, well, they've still got 10 more minutes. So I got plenty of time to get more stuff in. Well, I, I just I just don't think it's good, and and I'm not knocking the guy's efforts, but here's my point. I guess I, I should have made this from the beginning of my state, statement. The announcers today, by and large, uh, are creatures of a unique environment in today's wrestling, and when you start discounting selling and Jeopardy, and I I don't know how many times uh, the the guys go for a false finish, and the the color guy is still talking when the referee's count is is affected impacted like you get a one and now the color guy will get interrupted by the play-by-play guy as if they couldn't see it's a false finish if it's football and they throw the goddamn ball into the end zone it might be a touchdown or it might be an interception but it's something to not ignore that's all i'm saying well yeah and and 
I think that that their the, the announcer's knowledge, like you said, of that well, this isn't it, comes through, and and it, even the stuff that I learned from you, and I, that's another thing. I, when I watched Raw, a lot of the things I learned about doing wrestling on television that I learned from Vince McMahon, they're not doing anymore. Uh, but if, if, even if 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 it's a sudden small package and the mm-hmm. color guy's talking he still just doesn't keep going he says it's about you know you've got to bust in you've got to say something about it you've got yeah. oh my gosh could this be every everything has to focus on that rather than and you know he was third in his class in yeah, that's squash. it and i look I, and, and knowing all the guys you've known i would love that stuff more than anybody i love the background and all that stuff but god almighty i used to tell people this all the time and of course they uh, my in my the last few years i have been used a lot but bottom line is you can get a lot of that stuff in corny on the entrance if you're succinct and you're prepared and you're organized you've organized your thoughts on what you're going to say as that talent or talents roll out to the ring then you've been lazy and you haven't done your job but by the time the bell rings if i was you know somebody asked me i say by the time the bell rings to start the match all your background stuff the major things should be have been established. Yeah, and 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 then you've got if it's a long title match, you've got a little early feeling out period to expand on what you've done. But like you said, the entrances. He he he's a four time All American from the University of Oklahoma. He's the current Mid South champion, and he tonight will face the blah 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 blah. And it, you've you've set a scene with those guys' entrances, the introductions, and what it means by the time that they lock up. Yep, you're right. You're right. Hey, uh, tell me before I let you go here. Uh, Corny's on Twitter, of course, folks at the Jim Cornette. The Jim yeah, Cornette. There, there's always a danger I could be kicked off at any moment. You know, I was kicked off for a week when I found out that uh, the people in South Korea eat two million dogs a year, and I suggested that maybe we could bomb both the Koreas. They kicked me off for a week on that. <laughs> but at the Jim Cornette is the is the Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. Check check that out. It's fun. Corny's got two great podcasts a week, and you should be listening to those if you want to be entertained and informed. I think that's that's kind of what wrestling is, folks. Quite frankly, it's, it's it, you want to be entertained. It's like I want to be entertained when I watch Oklahoma beat Texas in football. I, I, that inter, that entertains me. But entertainment, and he'll give you a lot of information too. I want you to tell me the story. Raphael smart me up on uh, something about a. a after the post-Chicago MLW show, you had issues finding food. Oh, good Lord. Okay, so it, it's always something. The uh, MLW production meeting started at 9.30 Saturday morning at the hotel, and then we were going to go straight over to the, to the arena. Well, and the, the Uber driver that the major domo Court Bauer of MLW Radio and, and various <laughs> fame has... Uh, has arranged is, is not being cooperative so i said hey just everybody hop in black beauty so i'm taking a, a variety of the the top brass we go to the building they i said are we going to get lunch they said, oh, we're going to have food brought in so we get to the arena at noon one o'clock here comes the chicago deep dish pizza loaded with pepperoni and and sausage of a questionable origin and you know as well as I do, if you're going to be under hot TV lights for four hours calling a sporting event, you don't want to eat a lot of pepperoni and, and acidic tomato paste. Yeah, you start sounding like Foster Brooks. 
Yeah, and you'll be crop dusting your your uh, your partner. So I had one piece of this, right? So I've I've eaten about Friday di- Friday dinner. I've had one piece of pizza by the time the show is over Saturday night. I get all the top brass back in. We're going back to the hotel. The McDonald's near the hotel not open. The Wendy's near the hotel not open. At O'Hare Airport on a Saturday night in Chicago, it, wow. it's it's one o'clock in the morning, and none of these places are open. We go to a steak and shake that the guy find one of the guys finds on on his phone on the GPS, and mm-hmm. we we pull up to the steak and shake, and there's a bus sitting out front of it, and everybody is leaving the steak and shake, getting on the bus. Oh, it's perfect timing, right? Right. We walk in, and the first thing the woman behind the counter says is, carry out only, we're not seating anybody. I said, are you people not open 24 hours? Every steak and shake. I don't even know why they have a lock on the door. It's open 24 hours, right? Yeah. They said, no, we're not. <laughs> so yeah. then I said, actually, Uh-oh. I can't say what I said, but it loosely translated, would you kind people be able to inform us as to whether or not we can find some food in this lovely part of town? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure it was something like that. And they pointed it to the out the window and said, "There's a IHOP uh, two blocks over that way." Whereupon Court does the super kick of the door to open, and and the six or seven, however many of us that it was, storms out in a huff, and the guy in the line of of, of us leaving, whoever was last in line, might have been uh, might have been MSL, I'm not sure. Said the cook said, "Was that Jim Cornette?" So I'm like, great, now I'm going to end up on the Internet again for another fast food fiasco. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning it, before we finally ate and returned to the hotel, so I, I, that's how I'm keeping the weight off. I only eat every 36 hours when I'm working on the yes. road. That's healthy for you. Yeah, that's, and then I binge eat. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, 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 for days. Like a, it was good that Stacy, you know, Stacey, your wife, was, I was, we were talking before we came on, she's uh, actually – I uh, was in Oklahoma last weekend, uh, over somewhere in eastern Oklahoma. I saw it on I saw that on Facebook, so is, I know it's is, is she I, right outside of Shady Point, okay. where her her, uh, her father lives, away, uh, way, way outside of town. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. So I hope she had a good trip. Hey, Corny, uh, thank you, buddy, for jumping on. I was I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, you getting back in the game. The game is better when you're in it. I really believe that. Uh, and folks, check out BN Sports. Uh, look at, do a Google search, see if it's on your local cable system, uh, and uh, you should be checking out the wrestling on on. Now it's on. You started on Saturday, uh, Friday nights. Now it's on Saturday night, right, Corny? Yes, sir. On Saturday nights, at nine o'clock Eastern. And, and I'll say this before I go: uh, it, it, a lot of people have said I'm so negative about modern wrestling, and there is a lot to be negative about, but. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Or in some cases, if you're not part of the problem, you're part of the solution. <laughs> whichever, <laughs> whichever way it goes. Uh, you know, I, I see uh, 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 some young guys there that can just benefit from experience and uh, are working hard. And if I can do something to contribute to that program, then I'm happy to do so. On the limited amounts of time, they can get me out of my house to to starve to death and, and freeze <laughs> in, in places like Chicago. It was yeah. very cold and very windy. But I'm going back to Chicago, at, by the way, uh, at next week, C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. I'm going to be there the 22nd through the 24th. I would invite 
you and everyone else to have a beef with Jim Cornette on Saturday night, the VIP session, but it's sold out. Cool. Good for you. Congratulations. Um, but you can still see me uh, at my Cornette's Collectibles booth all three days of the convention. And then, uh, and, and J.R., you got to come by the Melrose on the 4th or the 5th of April sometime. And I will not be appearing for anybody else in New York that weekend because I have to sleep and eat at some point. And obviously, MLW is a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. Good man. Lord, I had a birthday during the time from the between the meeting and the time the show was over. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's a, a carryover from the WWE days. You can only meet so long, man. You can only meet so long, and and sometimes I think those longer meetings uh, equate to uh, over over uh, thinking things. But that's just me. Hey, look, uh, have a have a good run. Enjoy MLW. I, I'm, I'm going to try to come see you on. Uh, April fourth or fifth, I'll sneak in the back door. Raphael, get, I know people, so I'll I'll sneak in and. Uh, well, if, if you if you need me to leave you a ticket, I'll uh, and yeah. I'll I'll leave you one, and I'll just see you about it later. Okay, that'd be good. Just put on my just put on my tab, please. I think I still have your American Express card number, but that, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> others have had it. So, uh, well, listen, have fun uh, doing your thing, getting back in the game. I hope I see you at WrestleMania week there in New York City, and. Uh, We'll, we'll uh, always enjoy catching up with you, and you're the best, buddy. I love you, Ben, and you're, you're credit to the business no matter what these... Uh, Thank you, JR. I'm just stealing all the stuff you taught me. I love you, too. <laughs> okay, buddy. Have a good day. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Right. I mentioned this on a tweet on uh, Wednesday, that uh, there will be no dead air in our conversation with Jim Cornette. There was not. I upheld mine of the bargain. Always informative, always entertaining. Two great podcasts. Uh, thejimcornette.com, uh, great website, at thejimcornette on Twitter. Great guest. He'll be back, no doubt about it. So check him out on MLW. MLW.com has all their information, and uh, they're on BN Sports every Saturday night. Check your local listings and enjoy the commentary and the action of uh, MLW. MLW.com, remember that. They can answer all your questions. Uh Appreciate you guys tuning in and, you know, subscribing to the show is free. If you subscribe to the show, it'll be automatically downloaded into the device that you choose. But you can find our, our program, which uh, escapes every Wednesday, a new show escapes every Wednesday uh, on Apple Podcasts, right here on the Westwood One, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your Slobberknocker audio. We appreciate your help there. We love those five-star ratings. Uh it takes you about a minute or two to do that. Five-star ratings are always appreciated. We thank you for that, your consideration for that one. I certainly want to remind you again of our how to get a hold of us. Uh, you can email us at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Uh, my friends at Pro Wrestling Tees are helping us get set up for our WrestleMania week. A lot of, a lot of great uh, shirts we're going to bring to New York City, and uh, we hope that you'll check them out of course they're on online you can get them online uh from uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash jim ross a lot of new shirts up to size 5x so uh go there help a brother out and uh we want to join the t-shirt explosion in the world uh i mentioned earlier on twitter at jrsbbq facebook and instagram at jim ross bbq uh next week uh, on the show here, uh, we've got 2019 WWE Hall of Famer, the lovely Tori Wilson, will join me. Uh, very proud of her getting into the Hall of Fame. 
I think she deserves it, quite frankly, in, in many ways. Um, and you'll hear me, and you'll hear our conversation next week. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Because I think Tory was a little bit of a surprise going into the hall. Just, just saying. Uh, we'll talk to her. Can you imagine? We hired her in 2001, and that's 18 years ago. And I saw her just the other day. She looks gorgeous. Amazing. So we'll talk to Tori Wilson here next week on the program. Nice conversation. Remember, Slobberknocker, our book, is still available at Amazon.com. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, we're going to have a new podcast coming out soon. Pro- again, probably in three or four weeks, we're guessing. Um, Conrad Thompson and I are going to do a collaborative effort. We think we have got a really unique format for he and I to, to work on together. Uh, I predict it's going to be the podcast of the year. Damn right. Let's get out there. Let's get, you know, bring you some. You come get you some, right? So John Cena used to say, let's play. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll keep you posted on it, too. Don't have a name for the show yet. Don't have a, a starting date. We just know that we had a successful meeting with Westwood One this week, and we are moving forward with it. It is going to happen. Details are forthcoming. And, again, uh, big weekend in New York City. You've heard of all that. You're sick of it, I'm sure. Uh, I'd love to see one of our shows. Three different. I'll be at three different places. Uh, Saturday noon, Sunday morning, and then Monday after all. And we'll talk more about that later on uh, in, uh, at WrestleMania. I'll also be stopping by the uh, my buddies at SiriusXM. I've been invited by Dave LaGreca to join them at some point during that week. I look forward to doing that. And uh, with all their crew. Mother Marissa, and I talked to her the other day on the telephone about some other things. She's a very nice, bright lady. Alex Metz, a great producer. So uh, then you get uh, Bubba Ray and Mark Henry and the occasional Tommy Dreamer. Not bad. Not bad. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop by their 10th anniversary uh, celebration. We'll have more information on that next week for sure. So it should be a lot of fun. So uh, everything's good. Coming together. Uh, there's no new news on, uh, you know, I'm still leaving WWE. <laughs> I haven't changed my mind, and nor have they. Uh, and we're both good with the decisions that we've made. My contract with WWE ends on Friday, the 29th of March. And uh, it has been a wonderful 26 years. Couldn't have been better. Smartest move I ever made was leaving WCW after 19 years in the business and going to work for Vince McMahon. Smartest thing I ever did. And I think, and he would agree, that right now in my stage of life, and I want to play, WWE's got to, they, they want to get younger. Well, I can't, I can't, I don't have a fountain of youth. I am what I am. But uh, it's going to be a fun future. I'm going to because that's my option. I don't have another option. My option is to enjoy my life and to be successful, and to let people see that I can still do this job because it means that much to me. And uh, so we'll keep posted on that stuff. Nothing new right now to report. Uh, talks are ongoing with a variety of people. We've got some uh, some football things uh, percolating. So you never know. You just never know. Plus, i got to finish this book, Paul O'Brien. A lot of things to do, kids. A lot of things to do. And then it'll be time to mumble on again. So uh, for everybody here at Westwood One and at the Cat Studios in Oklahoma City, I would implore you to remember that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. Until I see you next week, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying, so long, everybody. I'm Rachel O'Brien. And I'm Christine Blackburn. And we are bringing you Screwed Up Stories. This week, we're going to hear a screwed up story from comedian Kathy Ladman about her life with anorexia. And I'll tell you when my recovery really got into higher gear was when I started stand-up. 
It really saved my life. It was what I really wanted to do. This is Screwed Up Stories. Subscribe and download for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your audio. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.